Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to our study of Proverbs. We're in chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. In the last session, we looked at these same verses, but as they apply to a father and a mother teaching their children. Now we're going to look at the admonitions that are found here, especially for uh, the young people, the children, that we are to honor our father and mother, but that we do so, one of the ways we do so, is by hearkening to, paying attention to uh, their teaching, their word, and honoring their authority. So let's read verses uh, 1 through 4. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here with the young people, and I pray, dear God, that they would grow. First of all, Lord, that they would know you, that they would trust exclusively only in your Son, They would rest in him, that they would put no confidence in the flesh and glory in Christ Jesus. Lord, that they would have security of salvation because they trust in the one who died for them. Father, as Christians, I pray that they would grow. This world, Lord, is full of deception and foolishness. So many gray areas. So many chances to be deceived. Father, I pray that you'll use your scriptures and what is taught here today to help the children, to strengthen them, to make them useful servants of God. Lord, all this that I've asked is impossible for any but you. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, we're going to look at how we need to respond to our parents' instruction. Now, before we begin, let me say this. Whenever I talk about parental authority or authority in the family, um, whether it's the authority with regard to marriage or with regard to family, I want to make something very clear. The Bible is talking about and talking to normal families with normal problems. Uh, There are no perfect families, just like there are no perfect churches, and that's because there are no perfect ministers and no perfect uh, congregants. Um, There are no perfect families, so fathers will have their errors, um, mothers will have their errors, children will sin, and um, that's why we need to be confessional. We need to confess our sins to one another. We need to be merciful and kind and forgiving. 
But again, I'm talking about a context of a normal family with its normal problems. I'm not talking about a family where maybe a husband and a father is extremely abusive, uh, physically, emotionally. Um, so when we talk about listen to your father, um, we're talking about in that context. I would never want to present a scenario where there was this thing of, of absolute authority of a father who is not submitting to the authority of God and is, is actually using God in his supposed authority to be abusive to a wife or a husband. That's always a terrible thing. So we always want to put that in there. Okay. Now, uh, as a father, um, I have made mistakes. As a father, I have sinned. Uh, sometimes I have to go to my wife. Sometimes I have to go to my children and I have to say, forgive me. I was impatient or forgive me. I answered too quickly. Um, but those are normal problems. Don't, don't go to either extreme. Don't go to the extreme where unless my dad is perfect, I'm not going to listen to him. Uh, and then the other extreme is, um, even if my father is violent and abusive and hurtful, I still, as an obedient Christian, uh, must keep silent and keep a lid on it. Uh, both those extremes are deadly, deadly. So having said that, Let's look at a child's response to their parents and their parents' teaching when it is the teaching of Scripture. A lot of times, uh, young people, after I teach on obeying your father and mother, uh, they'll come up to me and say things, what if my dad tells me to put dynamite in, and blow up a government building? And I always ask them, I say, well, when was the last time your dad told you to do something like that? Because if he did, maybe we need to contact the authorities. So we always make these scenarios where they're they're kind of like looking for ways not to obey. Okay? But again, in the context of a normal family with a normal father who is a Christian and seeking to do the will of God, you need to pay attention. Now, so let's look in verse 1, a child's response. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. So now look at this here, here, listen, I know I've had to say this to my kids. I know my wife has had to say this to me when they're trying to tell us something important, when I'm trying to tell my kids something important, or my wife is trying to tell me something important, and it seems like you're distracted. What is the first thing they normally say? Listen, hey, are you listening? Okay. And the idea in the Bible is even more pronounced. When the Bible says hear, like in Deuteronomy 6, hear, O Israel, it's not just saying listen. It's listen attentively and with the purpose to obey, to obey. So it's not just listen to your mom and dad, like let it go in one ear and out the other, but it's listen with the purpose to obey. Okay, and we see this beautifully in Psalms 18, chapter 44. David declares, he's talking about the nations, about foreign nations. He says, David says, as soon as they hear, they obey me. Do you see the connection? They hear and obey. Foreigners submit to me. And literally what it's saying is, at a report of an ear, they submit to me. 
And so it's hearing with the purpose of obeying, listening with the purpose of submitting to the instruction that is given. And, and, and I want to tell you, young people, one of the greatest ways you can honor your father and mother is to pay attention. And one of the greatest ways you can dishonor them is to do the opposite. Because you're basically saying, whatever you've judged to be important, mom and dad, it's not important. You have misjudged. Whatever you think I need, well, you're wrong. And, um, you know, when a father who has lived for 45 years on this planet is talking to a child that's lived 10, it may be well for the child, most certainly will be well for the child, if they will listen with the purpose of thinking, applying, and obedience. So he says here in verse 1, also in verse 1, he says, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention. Again, like hearing is with the purpose of obeying. So giving attention is with the purpose of understanding what's being communicated and then carrying it out. There's a way that sometimes this is represented in the book of Proverbs, and it's the the idea of leaning into, leaning into. Let me give an example. If someone is, if you're, if you're listening to the television, and someone starts talking in the room, and you really want to listen to the television, what do you do? You lean in like this. When I'm teaching someone to shoot a primitive longbow, um, I always tell them this. Uh, let's say that, that you, you, you see something over on the hill, and you point it out to somebody, and you say, do you see that over on the hill? And they go, no. And then you go, Look, it's right there. And you point. And then they say, no, I still don't see it. What do we oftentimes do? We then go, no, it's right there. And we lean into it and we point. That's the way I teach um, young people to shoot a primitive longbow. You, you, it's like you're pointing and leaning into the target because you want to give all your attention to that one spot on that target where you want to hit. Okay, so now you not only know how to listen to your parents, but you know how to shoot a longbow. Now, it says here, give attention. Now, here's something that's so important, young people, and, and let me put it this way. You are a holy bucket, and I don't mean that you are a sanctified bucket. I mean, you're a bucket with holes in it, and I know that about you because I'm a bucket with holes in it. And so he doesn't say just hear or give attention. Don't just accumulate, okay? Like, put a bunch of stuff in a bucket. Know that there's holes in that bucket. And not only do you have to get it at first, you have to keep it. He says in verse 2, look what he says, For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. So it's like you hear it, maybe you pay attention to it for a while, but then you get older and wiser and you're your own man or your own woman and you decide that you're going to abandon the teaching of your father. You see. So it's not just obtaining the teaching, understanding the teaching, acquiring it, but it's holding on to it, persevering in it, continuing in it. So he says, do not abandon my instruction. Look in verse 4. Let your heart hold fast my word. 
It's like um, one thing that, that I like to say is, is you're only as spiritual in your life as you are today. Uh, I hear so many people that will talk about past spiritual exploits. I used to read my Bible a lot. I used to pray a lot. I used to walk circumspectly. I used to. Used to doesn't matter. You can't rest on your past laurels. What you have to do is walk daily. You are only as spiritual as a person as you are today. And the truth that you have, you need to hold on to it. Hold on tenaciously to it. Do you see? Hold on to it. Um, one of the ways in which we, it'll help you to hold on to the truth is recognizing how desperate your need is of the truth. It really is. You see, it really, really is. When you know that you have no wisdom apart from God's wisdom and no strength apart from God's strength and no help apart from God's help, that has a way of causing you to persevere in your dependence upon God, his power and his revealed will in the scriptures. Okay, so hold fast. Then verse four he also says, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Now, young person, listen to me. Today, when a person takes seriously the law of God or the commandments of God, they're often called a legalist. Well, you're just splitting hairs and you're a legalist. Be very careful of that kind of language. Or they treat the law of God as though it were something negative and bad the opposite of good. And um, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 7 that the law is good. It's holy. And, and, and the, what the psalmist says, we need to apply to our life. The psalmist, how many times says he loves the law of God? He delights in the law of God. Now, here's what you need to see. If you're trying to save yourself by your obedience to the law of God, if you think I'm going to save myself, I'm going to have eternal salvation, I'm going to be reconciled to God through my ability to obey the law, then you become incarcerated in the law. The law is like a taskmaster and, and it, the law kills. The law really, really kills because blessed is the man who abides by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. If you're going to save yourself by keeping the law, you have to keep the law perfectly. One infraction of the law makes it impossible for the law to do anything but condemn you. But if you use the law rightly, correctly, the law is a blessing. First of all, the law shows us the righteousness of God. Secondly, it shows us our unrighteousness and it points us to Christ. And then believing in Christ and having our salvation in Christ alone, in his perfect work on our behalf, his perfect life on our behalf, in having that, then we can read the law and we can see the wisdom in it. It can teach us how to walk. It can teach us how to love. As I've always said, we live in a very dangerous place. And it can teach us how to walk circumspectly with caution, like a like a map through a minefield. OK, and so the proper use of the law is a good thing. And he says, keep my commands. OK, 
So in verse 4, keep my commandments and live. The word keep here means to watch, to keep, to guard, but most of all, to persevere in. You know, the start and finish of a race is very important, but the finish is most important in that one could start off very slow and stumbling, but as long as they come across the finish line first, that doesn't matter. Someone can start off really well, running in full strength, and then halfway through, just simply die out and fall in a ditch. What you want to do is not just now, as a young person feeling kind of radical for Jesus, you know, I want to be obedient. That's wonderful. But realize that the idea is to persevere, to continue, continue walking with the Lord. Okay? Now, why is this important? Well, look in verse 4. Then he taught me and said, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Do you know what this tells us? And we're going to see it in other places. This whole thing of Christianity, first of all, of trusting in Christ, and then even the way we live, our relationship to God's commands, this is not, you know, just about getting your best life now. That, that is so silly. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of eternal destinies. An eternal destiny in the presence of God, an eternal destiny banished from the presence of God, the second death, hell. You need to see that this is so extremely important. You know, today, as I'm sitting here, the nation is in an uproar about so many things. But it cannot distract me from one thing. 150,000 people on the average die every day. And so many of them die without Christ. So what does it matter if I settle all the problems in this world? What is the matter? What does it matter? Because death is coming. And the only source of eternal life with God is Jesus Christ and his work on Calvary. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29, listen, here we we can really get a sense of God's heart. Oh that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. I think this and when I think of this verse, I think of, you know, my heart, I think of my children. And of course, I would have to put precede this with, oh, that they had such a heart in them so as to believe in Christ for salvation. That's what's most important. Never put commands or wisdom or anything before the gospel. Because if you haven't rightly understood the gospel, if you're not trusting in Christ, then all your studies in the book of Proverbs really don't matter that much, at least for eternity. So, oh, that my children had such a heart in them to believe in Christ and then for God's commands, that they would fear God and keep all his commandments always, that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. You have no idea 
what an impact your life will have on this world, either for good or for evil. It's like, you know, the person who drops a pebble at the top of a cliff, a simple pebble. But as the pebble begins to roll downhill, it starts gathering speed. It starts, other pebbles start following it. And eventually what started out as a pebble turns into an avalanche. The same way, that's our life. And it can be for good or for evil. We, we can be a blessing to this world or we can be a curse to it. And so children, even now, you need to think about weighty matters of life and death. You know, sometimes you hear you see these old paintings and they, they, they are morose. They're, they're kind of dark. You see a, some sort of a philosopher or some sort of priest standing there in a, in a dark cathedral or, you know, tower. And they're holding up a, a skull in their hand and they're, they're looking at it. And you wonder what? What on earth is going on there? I mean, who would, if it's not a doctor, why would anybody do that? Well, the whole idea is not that we should be looking at skulls. The whole idea is the contemplation of our mortality. You see, one day that will be you. What that person in that painting holds in their hand, that will be you. Whether it's six feet under or in a laboratory or in somebody's hand, you're going to die. Now, we don't, we don't need to live in the fear of death if we know Christ. And we don't need to be overly preoccupied with it in a negative way. But we ought to always realize this world is not my home. I am going to die. And when I die, I will stand before God. And the most important thing is that I know Christ. And then after that, that I have followed his commands, not for my salvation. That's done in Christ. But for the glory of and honor of God. So he says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them. I suppose that maybe your parents would pray this. If parents, if you're listening, this is a good verse to pray. Oh, that my children had such a heart in them that they would fear God. Reverence him, honor him. Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 16. He says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. Look at that. And it's all going to center around our relationship to the word of God. And in the New Testament, of course, we'd say the gospel of Jesus Christ and the revealed will of God in the scriptures. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. Which one do you want? Which one do you want? In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. Of course, he's talking to the nation of Israel, but the whole thing can apply in general to all of us. I cannot tell you right now, even what I'm, I'm thinking, I can't express it properly. I wish I could reach through 
um, your television or computer or whatever you're watching this on and just grab both sides of your face and say, pay attention to me. I'm doing this series not because I just like to hear myself or because I like to be on some YouTube channel. I'm doing this series because everything we do marks life and death. Everything we do has a leaves a mark somehow on eternity. Everything we do matters. Everything is important and everything is to be submitted to God. And that is why we must saturate our lives in the scriptures. Read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You say, well, I don't understand. Let me say this. I don't care. Keep reading it until you do. Why? Because your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. If you're, if you're having trouble, I can recommend there's the, the ESV study Bible. That's a good study Bible. There's the MacArthur study Bible. That's a good study Bible. There is the Reformation Heritage study Bible. That's really, really good. And for you dads, it has something special in there. It can uh, it has devotionals. In almost every chapter on how to do a family devotional in that chapter. And then there's the uh, Reformation Bible. I think it used to be called the, the Geneva uh, from Ligonier, I can recommend all those to help you study the scriptures or if you're a dad to help you teach your children. So see, I've set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering into it. Here again, we see the heart of God. And young person, I'm sure we see the heart of your pastor and I'm sure we see the heart of your parents. I, My son, uh, Ian, just left for college about a month ago. And oh, such concern I had for him. He's doing well. But just praying that all those years of studying the scriptures are now impacting and guiding him. Well, let's bring this to a close. I want us to look at verse 3 and 4a. It says, When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Now, young person, listen to me. You not only need to study for yourself. OK. You need to study for your future family. I know you may be. Oh, excuse me. You may be 10 years old, 12 years old, 15, 17 thinking, what is he talking about? Listen to me. Right now, if you will grow in wisdom, it will have an impact on your future and it will have an impact upon your future family. You're not merely studying for yourself. You're studying for those who will come into your future. Friends who in the future will become your friends, family, children, wives, husbands. And, and listen to me. There are stages of life and maybe you're in the stage of, you know, eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old. But the goal is not to stay a child. The goal is to grow to maturity. OK, so guys, if you're like 17 years old and the big thing in your life is video games, you really need to grow up. 
Not that all video games are bad, just most of them, but the amount of time that you spend. You need to grow up. You need to think about becoming men. Young ladies, you know, whatever you do, <laughs> I'm not really sure what young ladies do, but listen to me. You're not to remain a little teenager, but you are to grow to be a mature woman. As a, as a young boy, you're to grow to be a man who can love a woman and can take care of children, provide and defend. As a woman, to be a godly mother, to be a help to her husband, to be one who manages the home. There's so much to prepare our lives for. And you shouldn't wait until you, you know, say I do. You should do it now. Because if you start studying the scriptures now, by the time you marry and have children, you'll be wise in the word. And that will have an impact on future generations. Okay, well, it's late. I think I've uh, spent most of the time yawning today. Um, but please take heart to this passage and know that it has, it has eternal significance. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. 